On today's episode of Two Halves, we are excited to welcome on RJ Kaminsky and Lisa Redman of the PLL Media Team. Since the inception of the PLL in 2019, Lisa and RJ have been at the forefront of producing some of the best content in professional sports. They share their thoughts on behind-the-scenes work with the PLL team, tips for being in front of the camera, dealing with trolls, and wise advice to any high school or college student for a future in sports media. And now we would like to welcome Lisa and RJ. Three, two, one, let's do it. All right, we're welcoming in RJ Kaminsky and Lisa Redmond. You guys are together on one screen, that is awesome. Uh, We are really fired up to chat with you guys today. Um, First of all, I just wanna say it's really cool to have you guys on and flip the script a little bit. Usually you guys are the ones interviewing me over the the course of the summer um, during the PLL season. So thanks for taking the time today. We know you guys are out on West Coast time, so. We're fired up to have you guys. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. We're excited too. Cool. Yeah, you guys make such a dynamic duo. And obviously our entire podcast is about, you know, two halves and just the relationships that you create um, romantically as a team, as, you know, anything and beyond. I know you guys aren't romantically involved. I didn't mean to like <laughs> say that first, yeah. but. Yeah, but, yeah. You guys are a professional <laughs> partners that uh, I really think the world needs to know a lot about because you guys are so talented. Um, So I wanted to kick it off and just say that you two have been with the PLL from the beginning and from an outsider looking in, obviously a huge fan of the PLL and just lacrosse in general. You guys, I feel like, were the first media team to show how cool of a sport lacrosse is. And like... You know, I remember just seeing, I mean, not to booch Marcus too much, but his first goal highlight of like wrap around. And I had just never seen that angle up close and like in real time. And I guess I just want to ask, and um, I mean, either of you can take this, but like, what was your vision that you're one? And like, how did you guys know you wanted to make such a splash on social media and vlogs and everything? Why did it, because it's a completely different narrative than I think any other sport out there, and I love it, but kind of what was the mindset behind that? Um, my, my first thought there, Alex, was around what we wanted to capture was, um, at least from my perspective, was being a tour guide for uh, for the viewer at home, showing them around um, and introducing them to, to who these players really are. Um, and, and there's a lot of thought, right, that goes into how we want to portray them, what we want to capture of them. Sure, we capture quite a lot of content that doesn't end up seeing social media, but I think the, the overarching goal was to capture as much as we possibly could that tells the stories about who these players are off the field, what their personalities are like, their interests, because the broadcast is going to deliver their skill in the field, but it's up to us to actually showcase who they are as human beings. So that was the number one goal for sure, um, at least from a, from a personality standpoint and how we wanted to capture them. Yeah, I agree. Same as 
someone who runs some of the team accounts, one of them being the archers. For me, it was like the same thing of just like making sure our fans know who the players are, highlighting them, making sure our players are top of mind to all our fans um, and telling their stories. Cause I know that those stories weren't really told before that. And to be honest, when I joined the league, I didn't know that much about the teams and the players in the sport. And so I sort of learned along the way as well. So I, I think that maybe helped in terms of like knowing what fans want to hear and being able to to execute that across social and just making sure we were building up our players and their brands and them as athletes. And you guys do such a good job at that too, because I just remember even back when Marcus and I were little kids, like we had our heroes, but we didn't really know much about them. Like we didn't know what they were eating or loved or their passions or what they were doing off the field. And it's really cool that you guys give them all a platform to be able to have the viewer and fan connect and learn and, you know, enjoy the other sides of, of the people. And I feel like you guys are funny about it. You guys stay on trend. I enjoy that. Yeah, we try to. It's we tough to. to. Things are always changing. Things are always changing. <laughs> always changing. Yeah, I think just again a note about that comment. Like as a player, I remember when we were transitioning from the MLL to the PLL, and the, one of the mantras of the PLL is players first. Um, and I think you guys embody that, right? Trying to tell our stories, trying to, as much as some players maybe don't like it, get us on camera as much as possible. Um, and some guys really do enjoy it, which is also fun and great. Um, what have you have learned? Have you gotten comfortable with it, Marcus? How, uh, how, like, how comfortable are you with it? Like, yeah. do, do you, like, when, when you see the photographers and the videographers in the locker room, like, do you, is it much, are they much less um, obvious now going into year four than what they were in year one? Look at this, five minutes in, and RJ, you're already inter- interviewing Flip the me switch now. again. <laughs> He's a natural. He's a natural. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, again, the, it's all kind of been a, a learning process. I think it's really cool now in year four. Um, I, I feel like at least for you guys, like you should feel like you're seniors, you know, of, of the team. You kind of know what's going on and everything. And I feel that way too. Like at first, it was definitely a little eye-opening, you know, having camera guys in the locker room and like, you know, the mic always being on, um, which I think it, again, just a little, some growing pains there for some players, but at the end of the day, all those mic'd up segments, like, you know, having the individual cameras running on the sideline of just like Dominique after we score, like, I just think that's such a cool, cool way to broadcast it to, to people at home. You know, they want to know that kind of in, insider info. So I think, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just been adjusting to it and, and being friendly with, with all of you guys, like you guys do such a great job. I think, um, makes it really easy as, as a player to just be yourself. I think that's all you guys want at the end of the day too. If, if, if I'm not wrong, it's just for us to be ourselves. If you don't like the camera, you don't have to talk like it's all good. Well, and yeah. would you both and RJ, maybe you can answer this, say that like a lot of that is trust that the players probably have in you guys and knowing you guys. Cause now I'm thinking about like, you know, NBA, NFL and them, probably hating some publications that interview them because they know they're going to put them in a bad light. Like, obviously there has to be a sense of trust between the teams, coaches and players and you guys that they feel like you guys are going to hopefully, you know, help them out and portray them in the best way possible. Yeah. yeah and there is a lot of trust there because I mean, we, we capture some heated moments when, when guys are, uh, when guys forget that there are cameras in the room, right. And they're getting into a heated, heated exchange with each other at halftime. If they're down 10 goals or, at the end of the game, if, if one player is chewing at another, 
Um, however, we have a process here internally where we, we have a checklist in regards to what content goes out. Um, and, and, if, and if we think it, it, it really puts the player or, or, the, or the league potentially in a, in a bad light, like, you know, we, we think about, we think twice about putting that out there in the ether. But um, I, I think we've developed a good trust and, and, and uh, level of understanding with the players that, um, that we're, you know, we're going we're gonna to put them in a, in a good light consistently. Yeah, I'll add that, like, as the person who's hitting send from the team accounts, like, I take, um, I make it important to my, like, daily duties to want to, like, build those relationships. I think those relationships and building that trust is, like, key in any job and just making sure that, like, they know that what I'm going to be posting is never going to put them in a bad light. Even just like when I look at photos, I'm like, is this a flattering or a very unflattering photo? Because there's, we have photos that are like great, but they can be extremely unflattering. It's like not put our players in a great light. And so I always have that top of mind and think like, yeah, this might bring us a lot of impressions, engagement short term, but like long term, is this going to benefit our league and our players and my relationship with them. So I always, I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think it's a big issue. A lot of just like brands in general are seeing now is um, people are so quick to like want to hop on a trend and sometimes it doesn't make sense or it just ends up making them look bad. And it's like, is it worth like going viral for two days or is it worth like maintaining that trust with someone? And it's always worth maintaining your trust with that person. So That's super respectable and just awesome. I would love for you to review all of my social media posts before I post and tell me what's... (laughs) Athletes Unlimited is a network of new professional sports leagues where athletes compete in a fantasy-inspired games in lacrosse, basketball, volleyball, and softball. Follow them on social at AUProSports and on their website at AUProSports.com. That's awesome. Yeah, let's uh, let's transition here a little bit, maybe a little more uh, personal. Uh, RJ, I know I know more about you than Lisa, so I'll I'll start with Lisa. Um, your background? Did you always know you wanted to be involved with sports somehow? Like, where did that love, um, maybe of athletics or sports, come from? Did you play lacrosse gr- growing up? Maybe tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and um, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I did not play lacrosse growing up. I was a competitive dancer my whole life. Started dancing when I was three, started doing competitions when I was like eight or nine. And then all through high school, similar to like how you guys train them across, like my entire days and weekends were filled with, with dance. Um, but growing up in the Baltimore area, like we all have, I grew up around Ravens. I grew up around Orioles and like that love of just watching sports, going to sporting events. So when I um, was like in high school and sort of trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I was like, how can I incorporate like my enjoyment of sports? And like, that seems like a really fun career path to go down, but also incorporate my background in like being an entertainer and like liking to like perform. So that's how I sort of came to working in sports and um, being both behind the camera and in front of the camera. So I went to Salisbury University. And when I went to school, I like knew that that's what I wanted to do. So focused on that throughout college. 
And then I got a job at a college as a production assistant at Fox 45, which is a new station in Baltimore. Um, and then I got into sports after that at NBC Sports Washington in Washington, D.C. Um, and that's how I learned of Paul and the league and all that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, moved out here uh, almost three years ago to L.A. to work for the PLL. But before that, like I was around lacrosse, obviously growing up in Maryland and going to Salisbury. Um I had a lot of friends that played lacrosse, but never played it myself. So when I took this job, I didn't know a ton about lacrosse and players and positions and rules and all that good stuff. So um, they really took like a, a chance on me to PLL, but now I know probably too much about lacrosse. Well, and that's probably such an awesome, unique like way to look at things having you there though instead of like people that are lax rats being like oh everyone should know that like you're not allowed yeah. in the crease whereas you can actually look at a viewer that has never seen the sport and understand that maybe we do need to explain the weird intricacies of lacrosse that aren't in other sports or don't seem as second nature so I would say that that's a strength of yours thank you yeah I mean it definitely like with a new league and everything being new and me having a fresh perspective I'm sure that like definitely helped and similar to, to with you, RJ, right? Like you, did you ever play when you were younger or did, I know you went to BL. I know, you know, you and Tyler Steinert are tight and yeah. that's how kind of your Terp. He's a Terp. I know he's on. a Terp. <laughs> yeah. The BL Terp pipeline. Yeah. Like get, <laughs> just, I guess, give some thoughts on that too. Just being around the I, game. But I've not, been around the game my whole life. Yeah. Never. Uh, but, but my involvement in it was always around, uh, either business or the nonprofit space and, and all the stuff off the field uh, between shootout for soldiers and then covering uh, Maryland lacrosse or doing one-offs with players there, stories on the Maryland lacrosse team as a journalism major. So it, it, I've always been involved in the sport basically every way possible without actually getting on the field and playing in high school and college. Um, so that made things... Uh, that made things pretty easy for me when I, um, when I w accepted a job at the lacrosse network, worked in New York, started making YouTube videos on a weekly basis, worked my way up in this space, um, to, to, uh, with that, with the lacrosse crowd and then got the call from Paul, moved out here and basically did the same thing I was doing at TLN for, for, for PLL. So always been around it. And then, uh, was never actually on the field in high school or college. Yeah. I, I don't think people realize what lacrosse means to people here in Baltimore. Like, I don't know, like, I haven't been back here uh, during the springtime since I graduated high school. My family moved to North Carolina and then I was living in Utah and just being back here in the springtime, I'm obviously coaching. So I'm around people that are talking about it, but like lacrosse is everything here. I just don't think people like outside of this little bubble of Baltimore realize that. Um, but yeah, how are I you guys? Like, well, Go ahead. I, was gonna, I, I didn't realize before I moved out to LA that like people on the West coast, a lot of people don't know what lacrosse is. Yeah, like it's like not up, cool. But I was like, like, oh, it's like it's a, everyone knows what lacrosse is. Everyone has lacrosse with lacrosse. And then when I moved here and realized that it's like not as big on the West Coast, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But the so, signs of growth are, yeah. are cool to see. Like when we just our office around here, just mm -hmm. seeing lacrosse nets on the field and people practicing when I'm leaving work. And then I was going on a run the other day, first run in six months. Uh this kid <laughs> playing wall ball underneath this tunnel like this kid and he was he was wearing a goalie helmet and he was had a goalie stick and he was playing wall ball and i was just like that's cool yeah. that is that's it's cool to see it in the wild someplace like la where um it's a it's it's very much so an emerging sport compared to to baltimore and i still like i still think at our core 
of fans of lacrosse. Like we, we just want more people to see the sport. We want more people to pick up a stick, you know, no matter where you're from, no matter what you look like, like lacrosse is for everyone. I think that's such a cool initiative that you pushed RJ. I think that was maybe last year or two years ago, um, just with the PLL and, yeah, those are always cool moments when you see either goals on the field or people shooting or stuff like that, especially in non-hotbed areas. So, no doubt. Um, Al, you want to take the next kind of segment here? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, I see you guys. I know both of you guys, but I love, love your presence in front of the camera. And I know you both work behind the camera, in front, around, everywhere possible. But I guess I just wanted to know, like, what clicked with you, and you spoke about it a little bit, Lisa, with just performing, but what clicked with you where you knew you wanted to be in front of the camera and also, like, maybe people that look at you guys and want to do what you do, like, where does your confidence come from to be able to put yourself out there all the time and speak to your phone or camera and potentially, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of people? Lisa, you can go first. I'll start. I think when I, like, was figuring out what I wanted to do with my career when I would see people on TV, I'd be like, oh, one, that looks a ton of fun. And like, two, I could do that. So that was my like wanting to be behind or in front of the camera and to just like you said, my performing part of it. I'm very like, if you know me, I'm not like super loud. I'm very, I tend to be pretty quiet around people that I don't know. I'm very mild mannered. But like, if you put me in front of a camera, I know how to like turn it on. And I think, and it comes from my years of competitive dance. Um, and so I, I, for me, it was just like figuring out the career that I could have fun with. And then also that I knew I was capable of doing. Um, but I definitely have days. I'm sure Alex, you feel the same way when you're creating content. Like there's so many days I don't want to sit there and look at myself in a camera and <laughs> like notice every little crease in my, like it, it's definitely, um, hard to do sometimes. I think in today's day and age too, with like Instagram and being able to like, you know, see this filtered reality of, of how we're like seeing life now is through like, you know, pristine feeds and all that stuff. It, it definitely is at times like hard to be like, yeah, let me stick this camera in my face when I'm not feeling like my best today. But um, I think once I like technically like sort of get through it and get my reps going and like just do it, it it's way easier. But uh, I think just like having that performance background of being like, I know how to turn it on when I need to turn it on. Lisa, I literally have to pep talk myself sometimes and be like, this is your dream job. Like someone is paying you to be in front of a camera and create content. Why am I complaining about this? Or, you know, just feeling like it's a job because I think it is so fun to the outside world and it is fun for me to create content as well. But there are some days that it's just, I don't care. (laughs) Like I don't want to do it Um, like every other job. So it's, I agree with you. It's a, it's a part of just getting those reps in, just start putting one foot in front of the other and just doing it and being and grateful that you, I, we do have a job where we can't do it. Yeah. I think RJ and I compliment each other well though, because we had, you have like opposite personalities where RJ is always like happy, excited, ready to talk to anyone. And I'm like more um, introverted and like have to turn it on. So I think we like compliment each other. We balance each other out in that. Yes, two halves. I love it. We're going back to the the podcast title. Um, RJ, why don't you talk a little bit about it? How did you know you wanted to be in front of the camera and kind of where does or did your confidence come from? Yeah. Didn't like Tyler force you? (laughs) No. (laughs) I or he forced you to start vlogging. Yes. Yeah. That was that was that was part of once I moved to TLN. My 
just from the jump, I, I just wanted to be famous. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be on camera. Um, knew that was the best route to getting there. So I uh, went to journalism school. Thankfully, I was able to like get my editing chops there and appear on camera. Um, once I realized like local news wasn't the way to to, to become famous, I was like, oh, this look this lacrosse deal is is pretty cool. Like I'm gonna go to lacrosse network, start this YouTube show. That's what I did. But then week after week, once I started putting myself out there, I was like, and people like commenting about me on YouTube and Reddit and like, I was looking at these comments and I was like, wow, this is. All these people are like eviscerating me on the internet. They're like, who is this wannabe, like skinny, like freak that I've been being forced to listen to? Um, anyways, that was tough in like those months and getting over the hump and like building myself up in the lacrosse world. But once I finally got over that and then took the jump to PLL, like my confidence continued to, to spike. Um, and I became much more comfortable with myself and just being my own self on camera. And I think the biggest piece about that here, especially compared to what I the track I was on with local news, when I turn the camera on here, I'm literally just myself hanging out yeah. with the players um, and Lisa and everyone else around us. I, like I, lit- I, I literally burn on camera. I, I can, li- I can, I can get into arguments with players on camera. I can just totally be self. Um, and that, uh, was when I realized I had landed in the right spot and the the place that I want to be in regards to uh, to fulfilling that dream of being on camera and, and doing what I want to do. It's so interesting that you say that because I always think about that. Like, of course, I'm going to, on Instagram and social media, give the best parts of myself. But at the end of the day, like, it is really myself. And it's the parts that I, I want to show and I love and I've worked on. I always say, like, people that want to, you know, get a tons of followers or work with brands, like just be yourself and be true and authentic to who you are. Because if you're not, it's a house of cards and like it will eat you alive. Like at the end of the day, and we, I had this question for later, but I love that you brought it up. But if you have trolls and people that are going to comment on you for who you are, that it's like F off. Like I, this is exactly who I am. But if someone was attacking me for being someone I know that I'm not, I would probably be like, oh yeah, you're actually right. Like I <laughs> I am being fake. I am not really like this. But when it's you, I don't know. I mean, I know it hurts more a little bit, but I just, I find I can shrug it off a little bit easier if I know, you know, they don't know me on a day-to-day basis. They don't walk in and talk to me. They don't, they're not my friends. They don't know my husband, my family. Like, it's a little easier to shrug off. Would you agree? Totally. And it sounds like you're in a really great place with it, Alex, or at least get like progressing and continuing to get in a better place. Like, year after year, post after post in regards to hearing what people are saying about you in the comment section, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube or around the world or Reddit. Um, I think the problem with myself is I, I've, I've actually like fallen in love with those comments. Um, like I love it. I love it so much. Um, Cause also, it's also a bit of a sign of success too. If people are having arguments about you and what you're doing on the internet. Um, so yeah, that's, that's actually the flaw for me is now I, I actually just like it too much. Um, like I want to like roll around in all those comments. Um, but it's, it's definitely a better place to be than being self-conscious, which I know is easy to fall into. RJ, there's an incredible quote from Barry Bonds, um, who during his prime, like in the early 2000s, when the San Francisco Giants would go on the road and he would walk up to the plate and he would say to the media after the game, when I walk up to the plate and there's 50,000 people booing me, I know I'm doing something right. And I was like, I heard that quote and I was like, damn, like that is really... a great way to look at it you know like yeah. you're going to be loved by some you're going to be hated by others but like if you have haters you're, you're doing something right i think that's a good way to we're just doing something right yeah man in the arena right. yeah absolutely i love that quote 
Yeah. I deal with more like I don't necessarily have trolls and I also just don't like look in the comments a ton. I try not to. I get it more just as like a woman in sports being um and working with players who are around my age, people assuming that like I'm looking at a player a certain way or like I want to hook up with a player. Right. Stuff like that. I deal with that more of like if you're interviewing someone and you're staring into their eyes, like people and by people, I mean it's usually like younger kids will be like, oh, she's probably trying to hook up with him. And it's like, it's, it's, you can be a female and a male and be friends. Like it's, it's, it's possible. Your job, yeah, right. Right. Or right. have a professional relationship, you know, yeah. and also know a lot about this person and be friends with them. It's, yeah, it's definitely an amazing place. It's also toxic at points. I remember RJ, you posted maybe a year ago or two years ago, something super vulnerable, just kind of about your comments. And I was like, wanted to fight someone for you and I know but it's oh, that reaction yeah. doesn't help because it, they don't know me and they don't know you and it, you're never probably going to meet them Athletes Unlimited is bringing fans closer to the game with the Unlimited Club you'll receive all the latest news and updates in the palm of your hand stream digital games unlock special access and more join for free today by downloading the Athletes Unlimited app available in Google Play and Apple App Stores so I guess for maybe anyone listening to this who either a has commented someone me- something mean or has received them, what would be your advice to be able to get over it or be able to move on and, and have the confidence to continue to put yourself out there? Um, one one that I already mentioned it's it's a sign of success that someone is um, someone is is expelling energy talking about you whether it's on the internet whether it's to someone else. We only have so much energy and time in a single day. And if you're using just even a, even 10 seconds of that to, to talk bad or poorly about someone or something they did or gossip about someone, um, then, then that, that, person, that person has some other issues to work out. So, so that's the one that, that I keep top of mind, Alex, especially because, yeah. um, like I said, the, the days go by quickly. And if you're wasting time talking about someone else or just worrying about yourself, um, you, know, you, have, you have other things to worry about. Yeah. I think for me, it's just like, I'm very sure of myself and what I want to do with my life and my career and what I want out of it. And so it's like, I don't care what other people think or say. And I try to take the mindset of like, is this going to matter to me in two months? Probably not. So like, I don't care. So I just try to leave it in the past as much as possible. Because I know in the long term, like it's not going to affect me that much. Yeah, totally. And I know that that quote where it's like, if you're not thinking about this five years from now, don't waste five seconds on it. Like just move on. I think it's also just all four of us being, you know, having such a impact on people in our social media followers. It's like, we have to be responsible for how we speak about ourselves and, and other people because kids are learning this from somewhere. Like, I don't know where these little kids are learning that they should, it's cool or funny to get on someone's Instagram and talk shit to them because I want to become their mothers and ground them and take their phone away. But like, they're learning that from somewhere. Probably Marcus on Call of Duty. They're probably learning it for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, now it's actually coming full circle. You talking shit to 12-year-olds on Call of Duty is making them talk shit to us on social media. I wish you guys could see my face right now. I'm like that one uh, <laughs> meme, that meme of that guy where he's like. <laughs> no, Alex, I agree. There's times when I am like, and we experience it when we do like Instagram lives where there's just kids in the comments being like brutal. And I want to be like, where are your parents? Like, where is your parent monitoring your social media? Like your parent has to be looking at your social media. Totally. Commenting on and liking. Like how, I, I always want to be like parents 
check your kid's social media because they're probably doing something stupid that they're going to regret. 100%. Or you go to their, like, and of course, I've gone deep, deep on these, but like you go to their profile and it's like, M&D lacrosse, 2030. I'm like, oh, so you want to play in college? And you're acting this way. It's wild. Scary. Wow. Let's, uh, uh, okay, enough about the, tr- enough about the haters. Um, let's transition maybe to like the game day or game weekend experience for you guys, because I've, I've talked to you both about this. Everyone from the outside sees us, you know, in our gear and we're, you know, flying around, diving through the crease, big hits, big checks, big goals. What is going on behind the scenes with the PLL media team from the cameramen and women to, uh, you know, Lisa on the sideline to RJ with the vlog? Like, you know, again, part of this podcast, right, is two halves, right? So working together to, to create a better relationship. How do you guys find yourselves maybe leaning on your um, your coworkers, you know, over the course of the weekend? Um, maybe, Lisa, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah, for me, it's um, a lot of it on game day is just like leading up and like waiting for the actual game to take place. And there's obviously like social stuff you have to do in the morning with game day graphics and rosters. Um, But it's a lot of just like preparation and thinking of how you can approach a game day differently than you've done in the past. I And I think RJ too, I've been to every single PLL game that has ever been played since Mm -hmm. 2019. So like it gets... um, you get used to it and like comfortable and you sort of know, like you get in a groove and know what to do. So for me, it's just, um, like you said, like waiting for arrivals to happen. RJ is always doing a ton of like, um, BD stuff of like making sure we're getting out sponsored posts and, and I, he does athletic brewing stuff, like making sure we're ready to record that or that our videographers are in place after a game in the locker room to get that done. So it's a lot of just planning, I think, for both of us. And then once you guys arrive, it's sort of just like, okay, get arrival shots, post them, get out to the field, take warm-up footage, photos, post that, um, make sure you're pushing tune in. And then come game time, it's just um, posts like me pulling highlights, posting them. My head is usually in my computer or on my phone for majority of the game. I don't really... I get to see what's happening. I obviously know when a goal happens, but there's a lot of times I miss like little really cool moments just because I'm busy on my phone. And then um, do post cam. I do the post game press conferences with, with players. Yeah. And then obviously if we have back to back games. It's like you just start it all over again. Yeah. Do so you got, like? Do you do you like? Are you are you able to enjoy the 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 game or the experience like us running around and trying to kill each other? Like, are you actually able to enjoy that in some pieces? Yeah, I do. Like, I've really become a, a fan of of watching the game, and especially because I have, like, a, a vested interest in, like, the Archers winning. Like, I care. So yeah. um, it is fun to watch and just to – I think it helps you just having, like, relationships with all of you because I'm not only rooting for the team, but, like, I'm rooting for individual players as well to perform well, and I'm happy to see when, like, you score a goal. So um, – and especially like those close, close games, which we tend to be in a lot. Like that's always yeah. super, super fun just for me as like a sports fan, like watching that. True. Yeah, RJ, go ahead. The, the build up that, that Lisa was describing in regards to the prep for tune in graphics on Wednesday, Thursday, us pushing out storylines from the league. What players are going head to head? What's the face off matchup? Um, you know, are these the two best teams in the league coming together? How can we tell that story? And then on game day, just amassing 
the row of four to five social editors, video editors that are um, that are going to get the cards that are run over from every goal that, that you guys shoot, uh, Marcus, for whoever, whatever goals your opponent makes, and to get out in 10 minutes and to get across social. And, the, and, and myself doing what I do in the, in the crowd, basically focusing on everything but the game, it's all a collective team effort to, to scratch and claw for eyeballs to get people to, to give a shit about pro lacrosse which hasn't happened too much in the past. Yeah. And that's the collective effort. It's like, let's showcase what's going on in the field, in the stands, the atmosphere, the best possible way we can to get people at a minimum to do a double take on their Instagram feed and go, oh, there's a pro lacrosse game going on right now. Oh, that, that's, that game looks, that's pretty physical. Like I, I've only seen lacrosse three times in my life, but this actually looks pretty wild. If we can get that reaction out of a general sports fan, that's a plus. Um, and then just, um, just going after eyeballs in general, man, like that's, that's the goal of our team. And, and the setup that we have there is to just, um, is to get the general sports fan to, to take a second look, um, at a bare minimum. Cause the way that we operate is that people don't know what the PLL is. People barely know what lacrosse is. So it's our job to put it in the best light possible to attract them to, to tune into a game. Yeah, that's that's so cool too, and I think where Paul has been really smart about this is that he's had a camera running the whole time from day zero of the PLL. Oh, yeah, it was him and Mike in business meetings and building the league. Like, I think a, a clip that went viral was even I don't know if it was Sammy B like sprinting over the the like yeah. billboard to like jump after, and run into like fight. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah after the fight like that was a cool like twist on you know like dang this is really cool media. Um, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think it's and also, here's the thing. I was just going to say off that, off that clip, Marcus, the, um, we're always going to get pushback for everything we do. So like that might've been one of the most viewed clips of the season that, you know, the, the punch and, and, and Ocello and blaze and it, you know, it, it went on barstool bleacher. It just went across the internet, absolutely took off. Um, we still got a ton of blowback, right. From the, from the endemic fans in the community, What's PLL doing putting the sport in this light? Yada, yada, yada. And we, we just, we hear it. We get pushback on a lot of stuff and we just have to, we just have to keep, keep operating under our principles and, and yeah. what we think we need to get done to, to push this sport and make it break through to the mainstream. And we're going to continue doing that. But man, we, we get pushback all the time and it's largely oh, sure. it almost act as gatekeepers because they don't want the sport to um, to reach the new level because they don't want like their slice of the pie to be taken from them, which is a really interesting dynamic. It's so interesting. Well, there's so much pride and it's such a um, family sport that's just been in generations and generations because we see it in even playing like and having to go to the sixes format in order to get to the Olympics. People are like, no, we must be 11 on 11. Like, and it's for me, I'm like, whatever is going to take you to win a gold medal, I'm happy with. Like, let's get our sport in front of that many people possible to your point. So, I think what you guys do is beautiful and even hearing you just talk about all the little different you know, parts of your team that plan it out. You can only plan for so much before a game, but then you guys are constantly flexible and just picking on things that might have a lot of hits or something that was awesome or a storyline. Like it, There's so much work before, but you also can't really plan for what's going to happen until it happens, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a lot of like acting as as we see it which i think makes it a lot of fun like right. i've 
I know I've always known I've never wanted to like sit in a cubicle and just have like a regular nine to five job. I wanted to do something fun that like I actually enjoy doing. And I think um, while like, yes, when we're in season, we're working seven days a week. It's a ton of fun and like a ton of fun to be a part of. And not many people can say like, I helped start a professional sports league from the ground up. And not, not many people can say that or like, will experience that in their lifetime. So I always try to remember that when I'm, you know, tired and don't want to do anything. I'm like, you're like, this is really cool. I think it's also important. And you just mentioned it. Like it's a grind. Like, it's not like you guys are just, you know, the happy go lucky people in front of the camera. Like you work and barely sleep on weekends. Cause I remember I was the same thing as you, Lisa. I used to look at sideline reporters and be like, I want to do that. I can do that. I want to talk to these athletes. And my dad was like, you realize you don't get holidays. Like you don't get to come home on weekends. You guys don't have a summer weekend. Like you literally don't get to do anything but work, but it's so rewarding. I think it's just really important to tell people out there, like this is what goes into it. You guys have worked your absolute butts off to get where you you are and it doesn't stop. The grind never sleeps, baby. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta love what you do that, you know, that's, I think that's a big part of it. You You obviously are both very passionate about it. Uh, you can kind of hear that in your voices when you speak about the league or behind the scenes or even just the players that you guys interact with. So kind of a good segue there into our, maybe our final topic here. 2022, this is technically year four for the PLL, maybe like three and a half because we did have a bubble season. Um, been some exciting announcements lately. First half of the season, uh, we have Erica Nardini, the CEO of Barstool, newly announced on the board of directors of the PLL. Just trending upwards. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this summer coming up? What can uh, viewers, fans expect? Uh, maybe a, a championship winner prediction from either of you. I don't know if you're, uh, <laughs> you're eligible to give that. RJ, maybe I'll kick it to you to, to kick us off here. Uh, I've got the Archers this season. Um, <laughs> Easy answer. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think we've said it. We've said it the last three years, but I think this this year is going to be a, a real uh, a real turning point for the league um, in regards to uh, just eyeballs in general. Um, getting in front of um, getting in front of fans that uh, whether it's through sports gambling, whether it's through um, our television network that's uh, that's distributing our games, whether it's through the partnerships, the thoughtful partnerships that we're cra- that we've been crafting the last four to six months leading up to the season. Um, there are a number of ways that we're about to throw gasoline on the the fire that already is the PLL in order to help it, as I alluded to earlier, break through to the mainstream. So all the work that's, that's, that's gone in since the end of, uh, end of September last year um, is, is really going to shape up. And I think, uh, I think payoff and people are really going to see that effect uh, this summer, starting in June yeah. in Albany. I agree. I think this year will be really important for the growth of our league. And this is a sport in general, because Last year, it was sort of like, okay, we're back on tour post-COVID. Like, let's get back into the groove of things after having the bubble season in 2020. So I think this season's going to be really telling of, like, taking it to the next level. And I know as a media team, that's something we're focused on is how can we take what we've already, like, built on and make it even better? How can we take sideline um, shots and, and goals? And, like, how can we take it all to the next level now that we've been doing this for three season, what, what does that next step look like? And so I think that's a, a really important to the social team and the marketing team in general is just like taking it to the next, the next step this season. Let's go. 
championship prediction? Lisa? Oh, yeah, Lisa. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like I'm obligated to say the yes. Arctic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, I'm really excited for the summer. I can't wait to see you guys in person and online. But I kind of want to ask one final question for both of you. Um, just maybe for anyone that's younger, looking to get into the media space or looking to maybe even, I don't know, start their own vlog or be on some sort of sports production team, what piece of advice, I know it's probably hard to give only one, but if you could give them a piece of advice, what would it be? RJ, I want to go first? I, or no, Lisa, you go first. You're ready. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, I just want to say, I always tell people that going back to like the grind, like it is a grind, but if you really want to work in sports, you'll figure it out. For me, my first like three and a half years, four years of working in the industry, I used to wake up at 3.30 in the morning to go to work. Like I worked abnormal hours. I used to drive an hour to Bethesda and back every day because I couldn't afford to live in Bethesda. So I still, I stayed at home with my parents and lived with them. And so I would wake up at 3.30 and drive an hour to Bethesda to be um, at work on time. And it was like, I wanted to work in sports that badly. And I enjoyed it that much that I was willing to wake up in the middle of the night to go to work. So it's like, if you, and I think all of the jobs I've had before PLL has, has led me to PLL. So I think if you want to work in sports, you want to have to grind. And if you just keep working towards it, like something will happen. Mine pertains specifically to, to college students, especially freshmen. Uh, my goal freshman year was to, to get involved in an internship every single semester of college. So that's, uh, that's, that's two during, during actual school and then one in the summer. Um, and that's what I stuck to. And that's the best that that's to me is the most important piece in college, because when I look at someone's resume, whether they're applying for, yeah, for some of the roles that we have available right now, I go to their last three roles. And I think to myself, wow, did this person maximize their time in college in regards to what they could, you know, what they could do on the side, uh, whether that's paid or unpaid. I know, you know, a lot of folks are in better positions than others in regards to being able to take unpaid internships in college, but that's the experience that that I look for as someone who's who, who's been hiring at the PLL for the last three years. So maximizing your time in college in regards to testing out different internships and and adding as many blue chips to your resume um, as you possibly can to make yourself stand out is far and away the number one a, a piece of advice I'd give to current college students. And networking, like it's so easy these days to like, if you apply for a job, it's so easy to find someone that works at that job and to send them a message. I know I like, I always did that. Of It's if you apply for a job at PLL, like go on LinkedIn and search up people who work at PLL and like find the person in the department that you're applying for and shoot them a message because it does go a long way. And I'll get, Twitter DMs, Instagram DMs saying like, hey, I'm I'm looking for an internship or I just applied for this internship and then I'll forward their name to whoever's like hiring because yes. they're top of my mind. So. DM Lisa, send them all to Lisa. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can DM me. Um, so it's, it's just so, it's so easy in today's world with social media and just the amount of access you have to people that if you're not using social media as a tool, even just as your own like portfolio too, um, you're, you're not taking the right steps. I love that. That's those are very, um, very smart. I would say professional things to do. And RJ, I cannot believe that you had an inter- that many internships at college. You are an overachiever, my friend. <laughs> my, I was oh, like, well, wait, I, 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 I made time, time out. <laughs> I made time outside of those, Alex. Don't worry, I, I had my fun. 
I was like, you weren't in Bentleys every other free time you had, like I, I was. <laughs> I, I, I was in there plenty. I lived behind, I lived behind the bar my senior year, so I got my reps in at Bents. I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, like, dang, it's like it might be just easier to just like be a professional athlete and be a PLL player than the past that you guys have been on because an impressive kind of resume of, of work that you both have. And I just, from me personally, and I think I, I speak on behalf of all the players, just want to thank you both for all the work that you've done, honestly, behind the scenes. Like, it's still a dream of mine that I get paid to play the sport that I love and, and compete you know, against the best players in the world and with the best players in the world. And like, it does mean a lot to me. And and I know it means a lot to, to pretty much every single other player in the league. So just want to thank you guys. And, you know, we're, we're excited for this year, kicking off June 4th and in yeah. Albany, it's going to be a fun opening weekend. And um, yeah, we're just going to keep pumping it out until the uh, opening weekend here of the PLL. I but can't just wait to see thank training you guys. camp, man. Yep. Training yeah. camp will be fun. fun. Yeah. You I'll guys are the best. My job is working with the athletes and the coaches. So back to like relaying the same message that you just relate to us. Like it's me being able to like work with you all is, is like my favorite part of the job. So Aww. thank you. So cute. This is awesome. <laughs> I love this. Um, well, this was great. You guys are so fun to talk to. So knowledgeable, so professional and also funny. Thanks for having us. Um, I love, thank love, you. love following both of you guys. One, don't you pimp yourself out to these followers here tell them where they can find you lisa tell them where they can dm you to get a job um, no, but yeah pick yourself out let them know dm me at at lisa redmond 29 on instagram and twitter and tiktok tiktok my girl's follow. a good tiktok um, <laughs> and you don't need to follow me just follow at pll on instagram that's good enough for me <laughs> always it. working awesome. <laughs> awesome you guys cool all right see ya thanks for coming on see you guys thank you guys that was lovely. Yeah. Peace to you too.